0: Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. So uh, what's going on? You know, hope you're all well. Happy Monday to everyone out there doing their thing. If you are listening to this on a day that is not Monday, well, happy whatever day it happens to be in, you know, whatever fucking planet you're on right now. If you are listening to the show on Apple or Spotify or Google or wherever, if you see an option to rate or review or subscribe, like Share, whatever, any small little thing that you could do to help out me and the show today while you're here, anyways, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, apparently, according to the internet and algorithms and statistics, when people interact with your shit, it helps more people see it. And one thing I'm trying to do is get real fucking popular. So I need your help taking over the world. All right. I'm like, we could be like Pinky in the brain. Uh, I'll be the brain. I need you to be Pinky. I know Pinky's kind of like the not so smart one, but that's just the situation we're in. And hopefully y'all can support me on that. Anyways, uh, some upcoming shows: Gray Walker's going to be at Kativo this Saturday, March thirtieth. That is the James Johns Memorial Show. April 6th, Grey Walker is going to be up in Buffalo, New York. If we have any Buffalo, New York fans, you can reach out and find out where we're going to be because I don't remember the name of the venue right now, which is very unprofessional of me. April 11th, Sykes is going to be playing at, not Sykes, Sykes and a New Violence proper full band. We're going to be at Full Full Pint Wildside. Sorry, we haven't played there before, and I apparently can't even fucking say it right. So, full pint Wild Side, Sykes and the New Violence, April 11th. The day after that, April 12th, is going to be podcast night at the Tolma 2, which is a live podcast event featuring Start the Beat with Sykes, Neon Brainiacs, and Thrifty. If you are interested in that, it is a, it's at a house, so there is no public information on the whereabouts of it. But if you are curious and want to hang out, do some, uh, you know, be a part of some live podcasts in a cool environment. Get a hold of me. You know how to reach me since you're already here. And last show I want to throw out there is April 13th. Gray Walker is going to be in Youngstown, Ohio, returning to Cedars, which is a really cool venue. And we're stoked to be going back. Let's get into listener questions. Uh, Caleb asks, Did you ever have to play with a group that you really despised, whether for personal reasons or the music just sucked? LOL. Well, one time I did play a show with Asking Alexandria. (laughs) A lot of the music, uh, a lot of the stuff that I think of around this time was actually when I was playing a lot of shows in like 2009, 10, 11, which was a kind of a dark period for music for me and the bands that I was playing in and playing with and stuff. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing with a lot of the bands I was in at that time, but I did play with a lot of bad bands around that time. And, uh, a lot of them, I don't even remember just like locals that kind of fell off the map or just national bands that you never fucking heard of again. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely happened as I've gotten, you know, a little bit older. I've I don't know. I don't mind. I mean, bad bands are bad bands. Just if you're cool, you're cool. There's not too many people that I truly despise, Caleb. So I don't even despise asking Alexandria. So I just want to put that out there in case any of them are listening. Uh, Chris Casper asks, hardware or mouse when making beats? So Chris, if you look over to the left of me, you'll see I have kind of a Some hardware stuff over here. And if I uh, move this mic stand out of the way, you actually see I have a Native Instruments machina pad over there. Uh, So with that being said, I am somebody that utilizes both. I like sketchbooking stuff nowadays pretty much in native instruments and machine because i can do it on my laptop i could do it when i'm on the go from wherever but when it comes to actually like tracking stuff out and putting together an actual product you know we'll lay stuff in from the beat machines and keyboards guitar bass other stuff and kind of put it all together in the pot it's never just one or the other so my answer is both person who obviously doesn't want their real name on the internet asks What's a musical artist/slash act that you love but have no explanation as to why? Good question, Dirk. If that's your real name, Dirk, the, the fuck kind of a name is that, Dirk? Dark, dark, nasty. I like it. Anyways, answering your question of monsters and men would be the one band I could think of that for. A while I've never really been able to understand why I dug them as much as I do. Not to be confused with of mice and men, that like metal, uh, screamo, I don't even know what kind of music they are, but not that band of Monsters and Men, the like indie rock, folk, new wave of Americana thing that is that band. I like that band a lot, and I typically don't care for that type of music, but there's something about that band that always stuck with me. I just think they have like really catchy sticky songwriting and the production on their records is top-notch and uh i enjoy them a good bit so that's my answer i could probably think of some more but that one really sticks out and i got some more questions so we're gonna move on the homie d asks do you think flyering is still important slash effective slash relevant why and or why not sorry All those slashes, I had a hard time reading the question. I am a bit of an income poop. Anyways, D, I totally think flyering is still relevant and important. I don't know. Those are kind of two different questions. I don't know if it's necessarily relevant because of social media and everything like that. But I'm out and about every day. I'm in the city. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I see flyers for events all the time. Uh, You know, whether it is a show or a play or anything like that. And I wouldn't know about these things if I wasn't actually just seeing them over and over again in different storefronts and things like that it's uh i think it's a good way to get people's attention because i don't think everybody's spending all of their time on their phone i mean even the more and more recently i'm hearing more and more people talking about how like you know they're getting off facebook they're not spending so much time on things and even if they are on the phone chances are they have that hyper scroll shit going on they're going to scroll right past your flyer because they're looking for the next you know fucking picture of a a cat or like some half-naked person with their, their stuff hanging out or whatever to like interact with online, whatever people do. Sandwiches, food, you know, sex, pets, that's what the internet is. Flyering, nobody really cares about your band or your art. So without me rambling too much more, I think flyering is important because it's another way to get people who aren't lost in their phone to know about your show. And even if they're not going to go to your event, it's like an easy way to just keep spreading like name recognition, let people know that like you're still doing a thing. You know, if I went to the attic in Millville was doing some record shopping yesterday and I saw a flyer for a show that I was playing and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like. That's my name in the window. And like, who else is in the window? Oh, yeah, I know them. I know that band. I know that band. It's cool to see all these bands still doing stuff. And I think it's a good thing, too, for people to be walking around that maybe take a look at those things to see that stuff is happening and maybe something will catch their eye. I think that, you know, having the art of flyering and making a really good, strong flyer says a lot and i think you could put that fucking thing up anywhere and people will pay attention to it you know i've gone to shows based off of just seeing something cool on a flyer and looking it up so i think it's still there i think it's best just like with all of this audio equipment and chris's question where he was asking about hardware versus mouse or using a computer i think with flyering it's important you know to Definitely do the, the internet social media stuff, but it's just as important to also still do like the organic flyering and things like that because all it's doing is just potentially doubling your reach. You know, uh, if you have the resources to do it, I would do it because, you know, more is better. The more you can get people aware of what you're doing, I think the better off you will be. So that's my opinion on that. May have been a little unwounded. I don't know. Anyways let's get out of listener questions. That's a weird way to end the segment. But yeah, that's it for listener questions. (laughs) All right, so moving forward, I'm really interested in trying out a new segment to see if anybody gives a shit about it. So all I'm going to do in this new segment is just tell you about some things that I engaged with over this past week that I enjoy that I want to share with you all. Cool? So this first one is going to be, you got to hear this. And what you got to hear is, yo, did you hear this new fucking Karen O Danger Mouse Lux Prima album? It is fucking legit. I came across it yesterday actually at the attic as i had mentioned i was there i hadn't heard anything about this record i'm really bad at keeping up with things but the album jacket was really cool and then i looked at it and i saw danger mouse and i was like huh what is this and then i looked over and i saw karen O, and i was like fucking karen O!" and danger mouse put out an album why didn't i know about this so i got it and I listened to it earlier today. I actually listened to it yesterday too as well on the Spotify's, but I put it, I put on the record today and uh, it's fucking great. The production is top notch. It's a really beautiful laid back, kind of funky, kind of sad, kind of just very moody, sassy. I don't know. I mean, it's fucking Karen. O and danger mouse. You can, if you're familiar with either of their bodies of work, you, it's pretty much what you should expect from those two coming together. And it's great. So, yeah, you got to hear it. Check it out. It's available on the Internet. And then what else happened? Oh, you got to eat this <laughs> at Teca. Maybe if you are in the Pittsburgh area, which most of you are, you are familiar with at Teca, It is a vegan restaurant over in the uh, Penn Avenue. What is that? Bloomfield. Slash Garfield, kind of in between those two worlds. And uh, they have a special sandwich now. that I don't know how long it's been on the menu. I don't know how long it's going to continue to be on the menu. But this thing is fucking awesome. Me and Stacy went last night, had ourselves a bit of a date. And I had this fucking special sandwich. And it was really good. And you got to eat it. It is... uh, I wrote down what was on it so I could try to sell this. I am in no way a food review person or a critic or anything but uh i'm gonna give it my best it is a uh a veg pate with smoked apple and chilies red cabbage slaw salt pickled turnip and savory sauce if you are not vegan or somebody that is interested in exploring different styles of food that may make no sense to you but trust me it's fucking awesome and you gotta eat it And that's it for that segment. I might have more next week. We'll see. We're just trying out new things. And with all of this bullshit out of the way, we can now move into the main event. Yes, my guests this week are my friends in the band, The Summer Camp. And for those of you who aren't familiar with them, they are an indie rock slash alternative pop, funky kind of jazzy at times, kind of rocky and fuzzy at times. Cool, rad, awesome, whatever. They're cool. They're great. They're cool. They're great. They're cool. You're cool. I'm cool. They're cool. Summer camp. Yeah, that's my explanation of the summer camp. But before we get into the conversation, how about we actually just listen to a little bit of one of their songs? They have an album out now that you can stream online. I'm on Spotify right now checking it out. Let's check out a little bit of this track called Pull. Yeah What if I just started spitting some rhymes On top of their shit On the podcast
1: Yo the, you know how the
0: it production on this fucking record Is really good you
1: You've been on my mind. You push me to the side.
0: That fucking bass tone is I, I love it.
1: Wanna pull you closer? Every time I, bank, I crack the ladder, I'm mistaken.
0: I'm this is Pool by yeah, the Summer Camp. all right all right all right so just leave you with a little bit of that so you know what they're all about man they're fucking awesome make sure you definitely check out incognito mode it's available on spotify i'm sure other streaming services as well and uh with that being said how about we get into my conversation with these boys you just heard doing their thing sit back relax and hey let's start the beat i'm trying not to swear anymore i guess (laughs) just kidding fucking fuck it Cheers, oh members. God! Damn it, cheers gentlemen Cheers, cheers. Welcome to the podcast Thanks this for having it. us Thank you. It's uh, happy to have you guys I enjoy you all I don't really know you too much as people But I enjoy your band me. Well, I know me, Sam, you know I know this fucking turd I've known <laughs> you
1: for a long time We're not worth knowing as people, just Okay, <laughs> yeah. well so that's the first takeaway I'm actually
0: just uh Instead of putting up, you know, Start the Beat episode 205, The Summer Camp, it'll just be episode 205, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about <laughs> it. I don't bother with us. Don't just worry about it. There's nothing interesting to say. Just don't even bother. So, for those of you that haven't caught on, this is the band, The Summer Camp. I am joined today by my friends, Sam, Mitchell, and Harrison. Say hello to the internet.
1: Hello, hello internet. Where's the ca- What's the ca- <laughs> Is this the internet right here?
0: That's the internet. Hey. That's the internet. All of the things. Perhaps maybe you, you uh, can even go incognito mode on that microphone.
1: I'm on a first date. I'm kind (laughs) of (laughs) nervous.
0: Segwaying in, into your release that came out. That was what, maybe a month or two ago, incognito mode dropped. Coming up on two months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The beginning of January, January 3rd. So exactly. Well, it's today, March 3rd. Yeah, Today is March 3rd. 3rd. This will be uploading on the 25th.
0: So, but uh, yeah, congratulations on that release. Thank you. It sounds great. That was the one thing that I was really happy about was that it just was a really good audio representation of your live show because you are a very tight live band and it was cool to hear it on a like a studio production but not like too overproduced just sounds like you guys fucking playing some songs and things like that.
1: Well, um Mitchell and our other our bass player Connor, they both still go are going to school, have gone to school for music production and and all that stuff, so that's a very important part to us cuz I always feel like you listen to a band, you see them live, they're awesome. And then you like listen to their their whatever, and you're like, oh, it this doesn't do it justice. So I think that we tried to be uh, honest with our sound, both when you know you listen to it on the record versus you see us live. It's like you're going to get pretty much the same thing there. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: no, it's it's very clean and just like a honest recording. So good job, you guys. Self produced it. Almost fully, yeah, and like that
2: means a lot for you to say that to us about just the quality of it because we did everything but the drums. I mean, you, you've recorded records before, I know. Yeah, like, DIYing drums is a task, um, especially if you don't have the right microphones, you don't have yeah. the right um, outboard gear and everything like that. So we did, um, we did like synth programming and all that stuff on Ableton like months, almost a year before. Um, did all the guitars DIY? Did all the or DI? Did all the bass DI? And then we got called our friend Jake Hanner, and uh, once we got Sam Berman in the picture, and yeah. he did us justice on those drums, so really it helped a it come together.
3: helped drums more of a powerful sound. Yeah. And this was different uh, different for me because I was used to like recording live with the whole band doing an analog tape. But for this, I was actually playing along to the already recorded tracks. And yeah. It was more digital, so if I made a mistake, I could just like go back really quick. But usually, I would always have to just do the song.
0: Mm-hmm. So it was a completely different recording experience for you versus playing with the band. What do you prefer, what or you like? like do you one? you prefer like tracking in studio with the band, or did you like the idea of being able to kind of take think, the more modern approach?
3: I Enjoy trying that out, but I think in the future it'd be cool to actually like play as a live band because it, it it just sounds a little more
0: natural. Yeah,
3: yeah everyone's playing together.
0: hmm With you know, that uh, that blend that you guys have with uh, the keyboards and I guess electronics and mixing that with rock instruments, it could be really hard to mix that stuff and have it not sound like shit. Yeah, But you guys did a really good job on blending everything. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you mentioned that you did the guitars and bass DI, Yeah, which I know sometimes there are people that have, I don't know, I guess their reservations about tracking things that way. But I think that depending on the project and the full sound that you're trying to do i think that it can work to your advantage or work against you in some ways as well
2: absolutely for this record it definitely worked and a lot of that goes to jake who recorded the drums also mixed and mastered the record and he did a really nice job of making everything sit in the right pocket like where it belongs um and moving forward i mean we have we argue about what we want to do next if we're going to diy if we're going to want to go to the studio i mean a lot of us are leaning towards, you know, Mike and the Amps. Get being in a room with the drummer, you know, doing that natural rock and roll vibe of a record. But
1: yeah, I think it also depends on the actual music itself. Because this release, I mean, it, it was born on his like Ableton push. On yeah, all that, like all the. Did beats. you have like
0: pre-programmed drums prior to Sam coming yeah, oh, in? Oh yeah. Actually, all, you know what? So I think different. I saw you guys play a show before <laughs> Sam joined. You saw us with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It was. That is what it was.
0: Yeah. Okay. I remember
1: that now. Yeah. So yeah, he had, we had all the beats and I would call them beats. Like, I mean, there were some elements of real drums, but it was beats. You know what I mean? Technically
0: every drum beat is a beat. Yeah.
1: But you know what I mean by when I say that. So we had it and then we sort of fused the two worlds of real instruments and, and feeling plus all that, you know what I mean? So yeah. And I would never go back to the no drummer thing. We tried it like two or
2: three times and you just, you're missing that live heartbeat of, of a performance. You know,
0: it's funny is I just made the shift with Sykes and the new violence to nix the live drummer. Yeah. Over time. I've gone through four live drummers with that project and for whatever reasons, you know, it's worked out great. And then some circumstances it hasn't worked out so well but uh now i've gone to just saying you know fuck the drummer it yeah. just works better for what we're doing but we've i've found a way to make it work like i have like this crazy live setup and like extra speakers that only the drums go through that i'm routing and then like the other backtracks are going to the pa i think it's like one of those things so it's like still like all the drum sound is coming from its own individual spot versus like everything coming through the PA where it can sound like thin and disconnected. And that's what we were dealing with. Like, yeah, there is a way to do it properly.
2: And it's like, uh, the big thing is with running beats or or anything, like even my live since that I run now, it's like, you want to have ideally like your own sound person to manage that thing. Yeah. You can, you know, and it seems like you have it rooted out really well for you. We didn't take that step. And now, I mean, we got this guy and now we're stuck. Well, no, I think
0: honestly Mm -hmm. you guys benefit from having the live drummer. I remember the first time I saw you with Sam, I was like, sweet. It sounds good. I like it. Keep going with it. Mm-hmm. It works. Um, but with the the no drummer thing, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed. There's only one person on this planet who I would let play drums for me. And I've told them that, but they're, they're too busy. But <laughs> if they're ever not so busy... I would, I, would, I would scrap my thoughts for them. I think that's the thing, too. It's just like sometimes you find the right person that gels with you and understands the groove and can lock into you. Yeah. And that was kind of the issue, I think, that I ultimately ended up having with some of the other drummers that I had worked with. It was just, it's not that they're bad drummers, and it's not that they're bad people. It's just it's not the right energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Sam fits in really well with you guys which was like surprising nothing against this just i just knew sam just from knox boys and i just like i had i'd seen you without a live drummer and then when i heard that you were playing with them i was like how's this gonna work that's so neat but like you fit in really really well well he and
2: it's like we struggle with that a lot with the right finding the right drummer because we played with a bunch of different drummers i think two were in the band and then we tried another one and they were phenomenal drummers like technically like they could play whatever, you know what I mean? And what it comes down to is my favorite quality in a drummer is like that Ringo factor where you can play all this crazy stuff, but you're not playing it because you're doing what's best for the song. And that's what Sam does. And that's why he really meshes well with his band, I believe.
0: I think all all band members should do that. And that's the thing that I come across a lot playing in heavy metal bands because, you know, heavy metal musicians tend to be technically proficient and like pretty happy to tell you about it. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so you get, you know, four or five dudes in a room that are all really good at what they do, but you need to get everybody on the same page to make a song. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to create a product for somebody to listen to and enjoy. And like, while there are some people that would probably be happy to hear five minutes of just technical wankery, It's like that's not what we want to do. So reeling in, being like, you know, what's going to be best for for the song. Like, even though this is a really technically easy part to play, it sounds fucking good, and it makes it gives the song some character. So
3: Mm -hmm, just drop
0: the ego a little bit and just let's play a song. And it's like we love music
2: like that. Like we like polyphia. We like. TTNG, I mean, you even more than me. Like. Oh yeah,
1: I love all. Well, and we had a drummer that he and he plays now in a metal band, and that's where he belongs. You know, yeah. he does a great job. <laughs> great. But like he'd play with us, and our songs are, you know, they're they're pop rock. Songs, he's giving you me, know like, what I mean, like hitting everything. And maybe a like, little too dude, hard. Dude, all these crazy drums. I'm like, yo, dude, just like chill, chill, chill. When, when I was first learning them, you know, they would tell me, don't play them
3: like they were in this recording.
1: You know, simplify them. Know, totally
3: like, don't try to copy this because you want to like you know make it a little more, simpler, yeah. more groovy. Uh, yeah groovy. yeah and that goes for like even the drum machine tunes because i was learning the songs because they had like the drum tracks and they were a lot more simple so it was like a combination of the two so i would just have to like follow along and then kind of create my
0: own style with it so now with the summer camp and you playing live. Do you play to a click? Are you doing any backtrack stuff? It's all live. Everything there's
2: no backtracks per se. Um, a lot of it is I'll loop something. Like there's a song for Pajinko. There's an organ part that comes in, there's an electric piano that comes in. So I'll loop that organ part. And Sam has that in his ears. It's not connected to a click track. Oh, okay. But he can hear that loud and clear. So you're playing with in-ears. Okay. You know, monitor situations, you can never count on the fact that he's going to always hear that really, really well. Yeah. And then the one other thing is I think one song we have like the electronic drums that were pre programmed and we launched those at one point. And that's like, that's the extent of our, Mm -hmm. there's no backing tracks.
0: Yeah. You know, I gotcha. That works with moving forward. Um, are you going ever thought about experimenting more with like blending the electronic drums and live drums, or do you just want to like push on like making it more rock focused?
1: I think for, I mean, we're still in debate of that, but we have all these songs that we wrote before incognito mode came out from like years ago. Cause we've been making music for like six years before I actually put anything out. And we're trying to like, maybe re like workshop them, but those songs are very much rock and roll like there's not i mean there is elements of electronicness in them but they are rock and roll so it's like we're gonna play with around with those see what we can come up with maybe write some new songs but i think we all i mean we all love rock music like yeah. that's what we all love that's totally. like what's truly like you know your little kid inside's like oh i love rock roll you know so and there's a gap for that right now i feel like there's not a lot of
2: rock other than greta van fleet which like Sure. No, they're fa- they're fantastically talented. I don't think they're they're very unique, and I don't, I don't mean to talk shit on them or anything like that. But I mean, we've all heard we've all heard them before. Yeah. Um. But so like, what but we miss those be- like some of our favorite records are like American Idiot, um, The Black Parade, like those huge records at the time they came out that just like were the voice of a generation. Like, mm-hmm. and like that's what drives us. I feel like to make those pure records like that. Um, that's what I'm leaning towards. And we have big personalities in this band and we butt heads about things and all that. But like, if it it were up to me, I definitely, yeah, take that route. make You know, a good rock opera, big anthem record.
0: Totally. There's a part of me that is very curious about why guitar-driven rock music has kind of fallen off. And the more that I think about it, I think that this access to technology of electronics like Ableton and things like that have pushed a lot of younger kids out of picking up guitars Yeah, because everybody already has computers and you get this cool light up pad that you could do your stuff on. So a lot of people are getting into making, I mean, basically a lot of bands are doing rock music with electronics. Like I would say, you know, 21 Pilots is a rock band, but you know, they're majority electronics. Um, or, who's uh, Imagine Dragons. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm not... Perp likes Imagine
1: Dragons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to speak on my opinions of any of these bands, but they're not like guitar-driven bands. But you think that like those are kids that... Well, they were kids at one point that probably grew up like... I want to start making music, but it wasn't necessarily, I'm going to pick up a guitar. It was like, yeah. I'm going to pick up a fucking MIDI controller and learn how to make music, and which is dig neat. And I did 21
2: Pilots. That was from your conversation. You guys did with Abby, right? We yeah. Were talking about the falling off of, of guitar music. And I really enjoyed that podcast because, I, and I never thought about that before. And it's, you're right. It's so much easier to be, What you mentioned, uh, like become a SoundCloud rapper. You know what I mean? Grab a beat off the internet. Throw some bars over it and get like 30,000 streams. Online. Yeah. And, and
0: like, the, the, the more people that do stuff like that, the more it's going to happen. It's just like, you know, if everybody's wearing a blue, if 10 people are wearing a blue hat one day, the next day you'll see 15 people wearing it. And then all of a sudden 30 people. And then all of a sudden nine, you know what I mean? So blue hair was really in right now. Well, you yeah. talked
1: about making, you talked about this like previously about making a product, you know what I mean? And that's, Unfortunately, I I say unfortunately, but that's the music industry now. It's not just, are you talented? It's not just, can you play? It's not just, can you, you know what I mean? You have to literally be a business and it has to be sellable because especially, I mean, what's our number one in the music world right now? It's pop music. It's, it's rap music. And that's all about doing numbers. You know what I mean? So I feel like if you want to make it big, you have those dreams as a kid to be a rock star and like do that as a, you know, profession, that you have to sell. It has to be something that the people want to hear and that's just like in the world we live in today, that's what's highbrow right now is pop music. So, I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with that. Not That's not my personal beliefs of the thing, you know what I mean? But at the same time, our music is pop music. Yeah. It has rock and all these other yeah. influences but at the end of the day, it's a pop song that's catchy in your head and it stays with you because that's what the people want. They just want a good song to listen to, you know? I they th- want a good product to consume. I think one of the like the term pop got really kind of got. Beatles like Beatles
0: were pop like, Yeah, you know, it got you know tainted know I mean? with a bad name yeah. over fucking My Chemical Romance was a pop yes, band. Yep. Green Day, too. Paramore. Yeah, I mean, that was all pop. Boy, That's yeah. the thing that like cracks me up about Paramore specifically, because there was a lot of people throwing a big hissy fit when like they kind of, you know, they came back from their brief hiatus and they were doing pop music people were like they're a pop band now i'm like where the fuck have you been just because (laughs) just because you were fucking 12 and listening to like you know paramore they were making pop music then that's just what was pop is popular that's what was popular then they're still doing they're just doing what is popular now but they're the same fucking band yeah Yeah,
3: they're evolving you know essentially they're not going to play the same thing over and over again throughout their career and as long as it sounds good like talk about paramore you know it actually sounds good
0: if paramore put out another fucking album that sounded like riot everybody would
3: just be like oh they need to grow up yeah mm-hmm. yeah other bands get criticized <laughs> for sounding the same and not evolving mm-hmm. you know and that's and then, where sorry i didn't mean to you're talk good, no, you're
2: good. <laughs> that's like the the thin line that i feel like you walk a lot where it's and it's honestly it's not what you're doing it's how people categorize it the thin line between selling out and evolving as a band you know what i mean like maroon five is a prime example like their first record is like all Fire. instrumentals, Fire. all. Fire. In, songs in, about uh, Jane is amazing, mm-hmm. and some people would say, okay, they've sold out now because it's basically Adam Levine and and a bunch of recorded tracks. Oh, whatever. totally, yeah. Um,
1: and Cardi B over an acoustic guitar. And part of me, which is, they
2: still would have done a record like Songs About Jane or something similar to that with with all live instruments and it's more of a jazz funk record. But at the same time, if they would have done that, maybe I would have said, oh, they just did Songs
0: About Jane again. You know what I mean? It's. With selling out, you know, I think it's anybody's, whatever you want to do with your band and your brand and your wallet, whatever, it's your fucking business. But it is sometimes a bummer. Like, even I can agree that I remember whenever Maroon 5 came out, I thought that there was some fucking nasty stuff that they were doing. And it was cool to hear it, like, on a popular level. I don't know what shifted, like, why Adam Levine had to be the voice of, like popular male rock that would shift into like all this dancy shit. I don't know why that got thrown on him and it couldn't have got given to somebody else so yeah. Maroon 5 could keep doing what they're doing. Because
1: he's a dreamboat of a front man, you know what I mean? He's I guess just, so. He's a good looking guy with tattoos and, and, and <laughs> a mean, body. I mean, I
0: arguably don't even think that he has the best voice or vocal no, range. No, he doesn't.
1: I mean, he don't get me wrong. He's, he's a, a he good is singer. He's a good singer and he's a falsetto like yeah. Falcon for sure. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, There are definitely more quality of good voices out there you know yeah I, mean? I guess
0: it's just it just it worked out i guess you're right he is a he's a looker
1: yeah i mean that's half the bit and it goes, just goes back to what i'm saying that you're selling something you're not it's not just about the music anymore it's about the image and there's a brand and you know then you buy all the merch you know what i mean and it's just like more of a feeling like i mean ariana grande i know people that love her music because of like the feelings that they give them i don't know what i'm exactly saying by that but it's well. just like it's it's not even like what she's saying or her music's not all that because it's just her singing over a beat you know what i mean i don't she's not sitting there well, writing the, those songs
0: there's like these loose there's like loose subject matter yeah. that people are able to attach to really easily because she sings a lot about relationships and who can't relate to a song about relationships it's very very easy thing to like tug on somebody's heartstrings mm-hmm. you know with that and that's like the same thing with like a, a band on the opposite spectrum like a like a brand new They were a very, very popular rock band because all their songs were about what relationships and, Mm -hmm. you know, being like fucked up and like a shitty dude. And I don't know why anybody was surprised when things fell apart for them. Because, you know, if you were listening to the music, oh yeah, duh, (laughs) whatever. But that's a whole whole other conversation, you know, that's, I think it's like one of those things where it's like, uh, people want, uh, art to be genuine, but then they ignore red flags from time to time when things come out on, Mm -hmm. on things like that. I don't know, but that's another conversation, but to get back on track and stay in the subject matter of where we are, what the fuck is the summer camp doing to, to brand and to, uh, you know, make their mark uh, on the social spectrum of things versus the music. So I feel like you guys have the music shit down, which is, technically the hardest part but in the time frame we're living in it almost feels like the least important part you know i was uh playing a show last night with Greywalker and our buddies from michigan were on tour and we had them on they're called a virtue really good dudes insanely talented band like really fucking good and my buddy was standing next to me and he was like are these dudes signed and i was like no i don't think they're signed like it's like they're really fucking good. I don't know why they're not signed. I was like, because there's fucking a thousand other bands that sound just as good as them. It's the other shit that maybe they just haven't figured out
1: yet. Mm-hmm. What What are you guys at on that? I mean, like in terms of like the that just the image. We're stuff. trying to put that package together a little bit more. I'm not saying that we rush the EP because. We needed to put the ep out yeah. there like badly like like i said we've been making music since like 2013 2014 like together as a band and now it's like five six years later and you're like it's this like self-feeling of like are you ever going to even do this or you yeah. just want to like move on with your life somewhere else you know what i mean so that was like we put the record out and i'm very proud of it it's not like i'm saying that but now there's it's the next step you know what i mean like we're working on that we need to get a music video we need to get an electronic press kit send it out you know what i mean we try to make a brand i mean our brand is like you know what's funny today it's like funny cool kind of psychedelic rock music you know what i mean something that the people what and like look at pop culture and like you see like tim and eric they kind of started this whole trend and now i see like you see like geico commercials that are just like random shit that don't even really make any sense but then it's just like they throw geico on the end of it it's like oh that's funny you know what i mean yeah so i mean we try to just be ourselves and be relatable because like we're just fucking goofy weird guys and i know that a lot of people are just like that and i feel like people are sick of this fake not true image that other bands put out there of the mainstream and it's just like yeah we're gonna give you something that you really enjoy and it's something that sounds good but at the end of the day it's honest and it's us you know what i mean so and i think mitch mitch has been doing because like you said the music's almost the least important part because we have to be our and own producer, like, we have to be our own manager, we have to be our own booking, but agent everything, you know. Everything, yeah. you know what I, I keep mean?
0: stressing even it, but the thing is though, even if you have, <coughs> <whoa>. wrong
1: pipe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> even if you have everything else together, if you have <laughs> shitty songs, nobody's gonna give a fuck.
1: Yeah, but how many? I'm sorry, how, I've seen so many bands that are I'm like, dude, they suck like they're not very good but a lot of
0: it's temporary though
1: yeah but they're still like but they're because they're like doing it so to say that they have more success so to say you know what I mean I mean like I
0: can't figure out why people like Imagine Dragons but that's just me yeah but I like legitimately can't figure it out (laughs) like I just like it feels like they just it feels like every single song that that band writes just feels like oh I'm hoping this gets into a movie trailer and the other thing
3: is like (laughs) He was saying, "I like Imagine Dragons." Essentially, what happens? I kept hearing "Radioactive" on the radio so much, like I hated the song, but then it was just like it got to the point where I was brainwashed. And I'm like, you know what? All of a sudden, I like it. So it's like it's just
0: being you don't you just know it. It's familiar.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we have like the summer camp. We have all these ideas and plans and we have so much more than just music we have, you know, we are creatives and we talk about films and sketches and stuff like that all the time. Yeah. But then it's like, at the same time, it's like, well, you know, we got, you got bills to pay and we yeah. yeah. got life that gets in the way well, in a perfect world. We can just sit there in our studio and, and just be creative for, you know, the whole day and not have to worry about like, is that, is, is our gas bill paid? You know what I mean? Well, Cause I think- it's like at the end of the day and you know, we all have, we just, we're people too. We want to like, I want to live my life mm. and feel like a normal guy. You know what I mean? I think mean?
0: that it's almost impossible to be like a productive artist before being like a productive human. And sometimes that means like taking care of just making sure you're fucking fed and you have yeah. a roof over your head and that the people around you don't think you're a terrible person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the simple shit. So it's really cool that you guys have a focus on that because there's something that like really bumps me out when i see bands that have like a shit ton of talent and like things aren't necessarily you know like they're just they're doing it they're just on their diy grind we'll call it and you know for a fact that whenever they're not playing shows it's just like oh i'm just like what are you doing like it just seems they're just kind of just waiting for something to fall in their lap yeah, and, and it's and like we it's and a well no i mean that's fine i'm not talking about that like not necessarily well, there's the nothing yeah yeah
1: we're talking I, about just, like being creative about, and working on I'm just your talking art about people that
0: like don't have any sense of self-responsibility outside of their art. Mm-hmm. i think that there's a lot to be said for people that are like willing and understand the fact that like even though we want to do x y and z with the band we still have to take care of a b and c with our personal lives because that's going to help us make x y and z possible like it sucks whenever you know oh i want to work on this video project but i also have to fucking work yeah but also like it sucks not having a job and not having money to be able to make video projects happen so you got to find the right way to balance all that stuff out and like kind of like maybe not necessarily shift what your concept of overall happiness is but like maybe like reprioritize some things because i think it is important to make sure that you know again like food, money, home, family, friends, all that stuff is kind of locked in place Mm -hmm. before the art. Otherwise, like, the art's just going to kind of become this thing that, like, I don't know. In my experience, it's always become, like, real negative anytime anything else in my life has been, like, kind of negative or off. It, like, sinks into the art. And then I become, like, jaded and weird and gross about everything.
1: I mean, I feel like it's also how you perceive it because I understand what you're saying, As far as that, you want to make sure that you feel good about yourself before you can give yourself to your art or anyone else. But there's also times where I experience where I'm like, I am successful. Like, I have a job that I'm successful in, and I have a house that's pretty nice and whatever, all that. But there's part of me that's like, I kind of wish I could just like throw it all away and just like go for it and like dive right in. And it's like you find that balance because it's like, yes, we do dive in, but I don't want to be – um, like at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to be a homeless kid. Like we lived in a storage unit for a little bit of time. I don't, I don't necessarily want to go back to that. Like I don't want to just be working. Like I like going out and like feeling good about life. So it's, like, it is a fine line. You it's, know it's a balancing act. Very it's fine like, line. I think that you know, going into what you were
0: saying, I think it's really important to take the time to appreciate what you have while you have it, mm-hmm. but also. Don't get like too comfortable or let yourself to plateau. Always be chasing more. I mean, you know, people say that like even if you have like a good job, you should always be looking for a new job no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like always looking for new opportunity. Like whether that's in your personal life or with your artistic things or the band, whatever. You know, I mean, you should always be looking for more. But also, don't be looking for more to a point that you're like taking the things that you have for granted, and then you know, then exactly. you're not actually enjoying what you have Mm -hmm. you're not uh just it's kind of like miserable and lonely in Mm
2: -hmm. some ways and that's kind of where we are right now i mean we have that thirst we have that drive right now and i think it's just we talk about these creative ideas we have and the branding and the videos and all that and it's just like we're getting better at it but really like being disciplined with this balance between life and music. It's like, and we all want to enjoy and have a good time too. Um, but it's like, we're between him and I are rehearsing like four to five times a week. Um, we're working jobs and then sometimes we just want to relax, but that time spent relaxing, like usually needs to be like, all right, brainstorming. It's all, it's still half half productive. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I feel like anytime I try to like hang out with the dudes from the band or even like people that, i'm not in a fucking bandwidth i can maybe go for like 10 minutes with just like bullshitting about like movies or food or beers or something then it always just evolves into so what are you working on what are we working on what do we want to do that's with um, us too I'm and then like, there's you know. always one or two people there that have nothing to do with it and it's like oh, i'm sorry yeah, like I yeah. Like now, now we're, we're talking about like compression techniques for kick drums I
3: could not give a shit less I'm really sorry it's always <laughs> rare when you got friends who know nothing about music uh-huh. like, I still got friends who I've, been, you know, I've known for 15 years and I still make time to hang out with them and, but when it comes to actually talking about the music we do it's it's like I don't want to say it's like talking to a brick wall but like it, it gets difficult sometimes and I try to be supportive of what they're doing too because I'm proud of them as well you know, And I try to listen the best I can, even if it doesn't interest me as well.
0: Those are important people to have around, though, because it's good to pick their brains about music in, a, in, in, a, in an understanding of, like, okay, how do people that aren't artists want to digest music? How do they engage with it? You know, mm-hmm. What are they looking for when they're looking for new music? Are they even looking for new music? Is it just things fall into their lap and they either like it or they don't? You know what is it about those things, the their lap, that they like, and how could we maybe consider applying some of that to our craft to help get some of those people, you know, knocking on our door. Mm-hmm. I was just chatting with some people about this over the week, about like uh, local shows and you know, what's the problem, blah blah blah. I don't think there's a problem with local shows. I just think bands have a, a problem uh, with playing shows in terms of like if you're a promoter or a band and you're throwing a show a lot of people seem to they're doing it for themselves they're not throwing a show for the people that are going to be coming out and they're not thinking about people are coming out to your show because they want to be entertained they want to have a good time but i feel like that gets overlooked a lot and the bands are just worried about themselves and You know, i got to make sure everything's right for me, 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 not thinking about the crowd. And then people come out. There's nothing there for them. It's like, oh, cool. The stage looks great. Everything sounds really cool and this and that. But there's you didn't do anything to think about the people that are going to be coming. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like your lineup sucks. You have terrible changeover times in between bands. You didn't think about the flow of your event. You didn't think about like how much it's going to cost. If you could like set up any sort of a drink special with the bar, you didn't do any of that for the people coming. Yeah. You were just thinking about you and now your event sucks.
1: And honestly, that's, I never, I mean, I've thought of that, you know what I mean? Cause, but that's right on the, you know, you hit it dead on the spot because I think that is what sucks about the, this industry here, specifically Pittsburgh, like what they say. I mean, Without people coming out to your shows, there is no show. I mean, you can sit in your room and, and wail on the guitar or the drums all you want, you know what I mean? But the difference between just being a hobby and being somewhat legitimate and professional is consumers, so to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. People who genuinely enjoy what you have to say and listen to it. It's like, I remember that brought up a memory. Like, we went to an Arctic Monkey show a couple of years ago, who's a big band that we love. And I just was like, you know what I mean? It's an escape. It's it's an experience, and it's something that stays with you years after the fact if if you really love the music. So it's like you have to be conscious of that bands out there, you just got some knowledge on the and internet. There's, there are
2: people in Pittsburgh who are good at that. There's Absolutely. a lot who are bad at that, but like um Chris from Redfish Bowl. Yeah, I have never had a bad time at a Red Fish Bowl event. They yeah. go all out. We went to the Love Dungeon this year, uh-huh. and they really they go the whole nine yards with like you're throwing you're throwing rings onto like dildos and there's a big, yeah. uh, there's a big pinata. And That's like what we need. the we music need to is good too. They got drink specials. They oh, have yeah. merch. It's, it's a fundraiser. And like, there's a reason to go out other than the music. You know what I mean? And, and it's all centered around music, but at the same time, it's like, it's not enough just to
0: throw a show at any, at any I event. Mean, you, you know, the I mean, smiling sometimes moose and, It doesn't have to be like that complicated. Like, no. you know what I mean? Like, I did a show at the Smiling Moose recently with Sykes and the New Violence. And it wasn't anything crazy. It was, we played, had some hip-hop acts play. Yeah. But it was just a matter of, like, I knew the lineup. It was a a good, diverse lineup, but it still all made sense. Yeah. A later start time, because I knew it was going to be a later crowd. Cheap ticket, because I knew it was going to be people that would want to spend money at the bar. And then I just had, like, a demographic of people in mind. That I was catering the event to. And then I invited those people out and they were like, yeah, I'm going to come because it sounds good. Because, like, yeah, because I knew my audience and I promoted it to them. And then they came out and then we had fun and everybody made some money and went home.
1: Well, especially, and I mean, you, have like, with Sykes, seeing your show, like, you are obviously clearly thinking of everything. Like, you guys put on a hell of a show more than I've seen anyone just put on a show because it's more of a performance than just. You know, you get up there and play your set. You know what I mean? It's like an actual show. Like you had the act one. I remember yeah. we played at Karma or I saw you play at Karma and it was like the act one and the Sykes version, too. And it's like it's yeah. a whole event. It's not just here's my music. It's a it's a performance piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then that's just what and we I appreciate do. That. Thank you. And that also works with not having the drums, doing all those theatrics. It's like it kind of makes people
3: think, OK, you know, they have drums, but it's OK because they have all this other stuff going on. Yeah, so, you know, you're not just standing there playing. you you've got obviously you got the screen with your little storytelling, like where you supposedly die, but you're in your subconscious, and just all the stuff going on. It's like it's people don't worry as much. It's like okay, we're being entertained.
0: This is great. This is entertaining. That was that, That's pretty much what I had in mind too. Is just like putting together just more of a not necessarily like a it's not a stage play, but yeah, just more of like a a, a theatrical mm-hmm. experience. Just because we had all of the resources to do it. And it seemed like, I don't know, nobody else is doing this.
1: And we've, we've talked about doing stuff like that because the summer camp isn't just like the name of a band. It's like a theoretical place that we go to and there's all these different storylines inside of it. And we've talked about, you know, having a different stage production where there's a set and it's not just, again, a band up there. It's more than that, but. And you that gets do it. into, yeah, but that gets into the time and the money, and we're not even happy with where we are playing live. Even though you're like, you guys have got the music, and like to us, we well, listen to ourselves, and we're like, we exactly. gotta double down yeah. on yeah. these uh, rehearsals. Uh, like, you know what I I'm mean? I'm in the same boat. It happens It happens. You're to me. always your own worst critic.
0: Too, yeah, always. It, it happens to me too. But um, I mean, like, there's always like, you mean you'll you'll nitpick the nuance, but like people like, cause you've heard those fucking songs hundreds thousands of times. You know what I mean? I've heard them like you know, five. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I'm that's the not familiar thing that with the nuance, you know what I mean? So, and you have uh, to
1: take that audience perspective into mind. Like you said, like, yes, we've heard these songs. We've had these songs written for a year, two years now. Where's, you know, I, you're sick of them, but the person's heard them five, six times maybe. Yeah. You know and I, I, mean?
0: al- I also have the mindset of, you know, if I, if there is a flub or something's off, it's like, oh, well, there's still people you know what i mean like if like somebody fucks up but it's because they're just like fucking getting into it it's like word yeah you know it's like i'd rather you be fucking feeling it and fuck up a note i don't give a shit you're just fucking rocking
1: yeah i mean and it's live performance like you're never gonna not have something like our last show his ableton push the thing that like we launched all the things just stopped working usb
2: port toast
1: And it's like the time before that, you know, we got off the loop or this thing broke. And it's like, you know what? You just got to keep that's live performance. Like I grew up doing theater and I can't tell you how many things went wrong during a show or I've fucked something up and you know what? You just keep going. And if you the audience only knows what they can see, they don't know what's going on in the back. They don't know what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah, it's if you let everyone know that you fucked up, then they know you fucked up. But if you just keep on going and just uh, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not going to remember that, you know?
0: I'm a very big. Uh, I'm a big supporter of the idea that, um, you know, a big thing that defines you as a person is like how you react when things go wrong. When you know, it's easy mm-hmm. to be like cool when everything's going good and be like, yeah, like I'm a level-headed person. But
1: shit hits let's the let's fan. pull some
0: things out, yeah. uh, pull the rug out from under your feet, and then like, how do you get up? Like, I think that is a really important part of the human character to not be like,
1: what the fuck?
0: It's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like, let's be be chill. I could totally understand it. Cause I've been that person where something's fucking gone wrong in a show. And I've like yelled at the sound guy and walked off stage. It's Cause
1: it's your baby. And it's your yeah. project yeah. that you invested so much of your time into. And it's like, we're not getting paid for this yet. Hopefully, you know what I mean? But it's like, so whenever you put that much care and then something goes wrong, it's like, fuck, like, but, I don't, I want to deliver my it goes vision. Back,
0: but then that goes back into playing the show for yourselves or for the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then again, the crowd not necessarily knowing that something's fucked up. But, you know, someone starts throwing a hissy fit on stage, it makes everybody feel fucking uncomfortable.
2: Which we've done a real good job. At, and I think that's from our theater background is like, and Connor's done theater too. And, and and purpose around the kit and he just keeps going all the time. Yeah. I mean, but like we've had so many things happen and it's always roll with the punches. After the show, you know, we're Monday Monday morning quarterback like grilling it or whatever. And you you talk about like the audience and doing the show for the audience and even when we have all those screw-ups, people still come up to us and say, "Ah, oh, the show was great. You guys were so tight." And and we we like Yes. Part of us as a performer, it's like, oh, are they lying to us? Like, was yeah. it really people, not tight? people like, just
0: want to see you play, and they want to see you have a good time on stage. Yeah. If you fuck something up, you're going to fuck something up. If it's your fucking friends, they're not expecting you to be that great anyway. So just like, yeah. it's chill. I <laughs> that way
3: all the time. It's like, especially when I was first starting playing, like, even you know, when we weren't, we were just starting, we weren't the best. And when people tell us we were really good, I had all this self-doubt. Like, are they just being nice, you know? Now it's become more like, okay, you know, if they didn't really think we were good, they wouldn't say anything, maybe. You know, when I see a band and I really like them, I try to go up and say, you know, I really enjoy
1: that. And if I don't
0: like them, I'd probably just leave. Don't, it. Say yeah, don't say anything. Yeah. I think that, like, a lot of it, too, is, like, there's a thing that I've been talking about a lot with bands about, you know, making sure that you promote your music to people that aren't artists or people in bands. Like, how do you get those people on into your music. How do you get them to come out? Um, And sometimes those people do come out to shows, people that aren't in bands and something to keep in mind is like somebody that isn't in a band. They're not in a room playing with people every week. They're not playing shows every week. You know what I mean? They may, they might only go to a show once or twice a month. They're just happy to see live music. They're not concerned about little fuck ups here and there. So they're gonna tell you good jobs. They probably just had a fucking good time because they're yeah. not used to seeing live music. Mm-hmm. Like how fuck? I mean, like we don't even think about it anymore. You know what I mean? Unless it's like a Arctic Monkeys or like some big band on a big stage. It's like some otherworldly shit. But just like you know, local, you know, small venue shows. Like you don't fucking think about it. It's just like oh, like it's people playing music. It's yeah. like not that we take it for granted you're just kind of used to it but the normal person they're probably not even used to that so they're just happy to see some fucking music
2: and i've never thought about it that way but like that's something honestly i'm proud of with our band is like even if we do have those screw-ups i feel like almost every every show we play like it's like a party and that goes back to like when we started playing it was me and harrison and acoustic guitar at a house party you know what i mean and it was just a good time and there was music happening um but like every show seems to just be pe- people having a good
0: time, and yeah, you guys are themselves. really confident looking on stage. That's I'm gonna say that from like a like a business standpoint. They have a very confident look, and I think that that goes a long way when people who don't know you are just watching you play. It's just like even if you're fucking up, you look like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So people are gonna be like, "Oh, these fucking guys know what they're well, doing."
1: Because we do put the time and the work in. Like we rehearse two to three times a week. I mean, we live together. So it's so easy just to be like, Oh, Hey, that's the best In passing. Cause I can just be like, here's this idea I had. And it's like, Oh great. Even that it's still work, even though he's cooking eggs, making breakfast. And I'm still talking about whatever we talk about the image of a band, like we try to be somewhat color coordinated, you know what I mean? Even little things like that, like what you're wearing, like, I mean, I dyed my hair pink because our EP cover is pink. And I was like, even if they don't remember anything about us, they're going to remember the, the singer with the pink hair. You know what I mean? Something like that. We do try to take that into thought, like the, the, you know, the show that we're putting out, we want it to be a show, not just here's our set. You know what I mean? Like it is a show. And we are even now, if you've seen us in the past, we're working on new elements, to bring into that, even though the songs are still the songs, there's going to be more of a performance element that we're bringing out to these shows and, and that are coming up in the future in the summer and all that good stuff. So. That's
0: fucking awesome. So you mentioned
1: eggs. <laughs> Let's talk about food. Dude, I love eggs. Eggs, eggs, eggs white, egg yolks. I used to eat I, eggs at least two times a day. I love I've eggs. have
2: an egg in probably uh, six months at this point. Though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's oh, we weird. Always get oh, an no. egg on the sandwich. I think I you got know, egged mean, out. Eggs and
1: bacon. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I haven't eaten anything today. I'm going to put that out there. No, I haven't. I'm so full from yesterday because I went to Mad Max and they have this thing called the Big Burrito. Oh, hell yeah. It's chicken, steak, waffle fries, like the regular corn and salsa. And they have like guac, sour cream. And I'm dude, it's like this big. We're spending the rest of this podcast talking about food. (laughs) Yeah. We talked enough about music. I like fell asleep on the toilet (laughs) taking a shit after the fact.
0: Well, there's a lot of actual like really interesting parallels between food and music, like in all aspects of it, from the creation of cooking food to writing a song to the promotion of it, like putting together a menu for a restaurant and putting together a lineup for a show. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to keep customers coming back? How are you going to curate your menus? You know what I mean? You don't want a menu that's all over the place. You know
1: what I mean? Because oh, people are going to be when like... When you
2: go into a restaurant, there's like 50 options. There's oh, it's, like it's, six it's, pages.
0: It's I'm, a th- th-
1: I'm like, does this stone cook in the back at two <laughs> in the morning really know how to make all this? <laughs> oh,
0: probably <yes>. not. <laughs> you know no, what I that's mean? the thing. Sometimes you feel like in a restaurant, the more options there are, it's like they probably have no idea what they're doing. But you go to a place and it's like, sometimes it could almost be too focused. It's like, ah, fuck. Like, so it's kind of like if you compare that to a show lineup, I like mixed genre shows. We do too. Yeah. But sometimes it could be too all over the place. And it's just like, there's no, or like, this is too fucking much. This just doesn't make any yeah. sense. But also if you play, go to a show and it's like a show with a limited menu, that's like really small. It's mm-hmm. like what the fuck, this is all they can make. Like, Oh, <laughs> like they could only find fucking three fucking indie rock bands. We couldn't do a little bit better. Well, so trying to find that balance.
1: 3 rock man, like talking about the 3 though. Honestly, no one wants to go to a show where there's six bands oh, playing. Oh fuck no. And what's the point of you being as a band playing for 15 20 minutes either. You know what I mean? Like a nice 3 bands 4, they're, they're 3, four three bands. To four bands as long as but there's enough diversity where it's like interesting like it keeps you wanting to stay through the rest of it and you're not just like droning on for an hour of shit that no one cares about you know what i mean and when you
2: have those three to four band bills you have less of the oh what time is your band playing so what time can i show up to see you and then you just what i've started doing is i don't tell people when anyone's playing it's like doors are at this time music starts at this time come and have fun you know
1: what i mean because a lot of the times people come out and then they're like whoa that really that band was awesome and then they hear the whoever the opener came after us and they like them better than us or whatever (laughs) you know (laughs) what i mean and it's like yeah we open your mind up a little bit, yeah. you know, don't yeah. just come out to see me and then leave. Cause that's nothing worse than like, we've done this where we played the band before us has a big old crowd. We play after. And it's like, where is everyone? Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: That's why the idea of not telling the times of the lineup, are, like in order is smart because like people are going to be like, okay, when are they playing, you know, and they're
0: going to have to stick around. That's well, that's also why it's a good idea to curate your shows for the people coming. So when they walk in the door, they can fucking stay. Yeah. hmm you know what i mean like that's Often
1: pisses me off when they run out of eggs you know <laughs> i showed up and they didn't have any eggs left <laughs> so, i said give me all of the bacon and eggs you have well mitch you haven't eaten you eggs me. in like six months yeah, I know. all of so them so what are you even eating well um, we ate chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce in my car he had like two bowls from where f- from our oven uh, from your oven <laughs> what, what kind of barbecue oven. sauce <laughs>
2: Uh, what's the Billy Ray? Is it Billy Ray's? What's S- the, the classic sweet baby bottle? Ray's? Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: All right, sweet, yeah, sweet
0: Billy Ray's. A <laughs> lot,
1: lot of ramen too. A lot of ramen. A lot of ramen. Yep. I'm I'm lazy too. Like we don't have a dishwasher, so like our dishes get done like once a month. Oh, we're like, man, don't tell we're me like, that. We literally don't have any dishes. Like so we, have, we don't have that many dishes, so, yeah, it's, so, like so it's like you wash one plate Dude, and then God you do eat, the dishes, you know? man. I know we're trash people. We are trash <laughs> people. With
0: that attitude, you are. You gotta. You gotta change your mindset. We have such a nice you gotta change your like
1: garbage.
0: You <laughs> have to shift your self perspective, just from being a trash person. You're not a trash just person. We say that it, as a uh, joke. though. I understand but I think oh, we yeah. live
2: it as well. So uh, <laughs> it's I kind know.
1: of funny. Sometimes you know that we're it's, big. Oh, we're a okay, satire. There's, there, <laughs> there is a line. Trust me, there is a line, you know what I mean? It's like, we're there's three boys that live in this house, Eh, you know, there's some dishes in the sink, whatever, you know what I mean? If I had a dishwasher, I can load up a dishwasher and fucking put that shit on, but like me scrubbing it and I didn't even do these dishes, (laughs) like dude, I'm
0: yeah, I guess there is something that there is something reasonably infuriating about doing somebody else's dishes. Oh, my, oh, yeah,
1: Yeah. I called him the mold, I started calling him the mold king because. (laughs) There's, uh there's he just leaves you food can in the fridge. You can there's this, been this mac and cheese in the pot for like a month now. I but, cleaned the kitchen and I found bread that wasn't moldy. It was mold. It was blue. <laughs> just the whole thing was blue. Back to the dishes. I always hated doing
2: the dishes, but honestly, I, we've talked about getting a portable dishwasher. I don't know if I want to though, because once you actually take the time to do them, I feel good. I feel great when after after I've done the dishes. I feel good. I feel good after doing the dishes too. It's the thought of saying
1: I'm gonna do them right now, and I, I don't. Like I'd that, rather just that. have my kitchen be cleaned, and then I'll just. I don't know, dude. There's no and just clean the back dishes. Back to what
2: what he was saying before, what Brian was saying about like making sure those life tasks are in order before you create. I feel like honestly, when our house was clean, we were we were on top of stuff for like two weeks. And like now we haven't debriefed in how many weeks has it been since we did a debrief? We did like one or
1: two debriefs and that was it.
2: What's a debrief? We were going to debrief every Monday. <laughs>
1: that sounds weird. Because it's like, yeah, we get together every Monday. We all, we live, sounds you like know, you're taking off your underwear and like running around. Debrief. Debrief. Well, that's usually the night before. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get there in the morning and we talk about everything that happened that week and all our goals for well, that well, week. And, up, you what show's coming up, what we need what to mean. plan for, okay, yeah. you know?
2: I don't we, want we were on top shows. of that, and now and our house was clean, and now that our house is a mess, <laughs> we haven't debriefed.
1: It's not a mess; it's just beer bottles and stuff on the kitchen table. It needs to go.
0: Ah, oh, it's a mess now.
1: Don't come over. It please. could be. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Come uh, over. I mean,
0: I I I lived in a house with a band. Uh, we're not a band anymore, but we all like me and. Two other dudes played all, played in the same band. We had our practice space in the basement, lived together, parties on the weekends, shit like, you know, and the whole fucking deal. So I know what it's like. That's, it's that's fine. It in. happens. Yeah, but it's it's a thing, though, where it's like if, like, you know, like a couple beer bottles sit around for a couple extra days, you just for, kind of forget that they're there. Yeah. And then, like, what's a couple more? And it's then, just like, part you of just our
2: aesthetic. We've yeah. had 30 beer bottles on our, like,
1: Two by four little table yeah. for Desk like table. two weeks yes. before it's happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's who we are. Like we go down to we live a block away from this bar of Brewski's in the south side. Oh, this, okay. yes. this little please. Yeah. please sponsor us Brewski's <laughs> 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 It's just a dive bar, graffiti on the wall, and all walks of life and everyone's welcome. And that's just like who we are as people too, where it's just like, hey, chill out, man. Have a beer. You know, it's cool. <laughs> Not a big deal. There's a line where you let yourself go, and we never cross that line. Our house isn't that bad. We're we're dangerously close sometimes. We like to flirt around with the line sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiptoeing on uh, The uh, Maple syrup was particularly bad.
0: What was Uh, that? The maple syrup. There was
1: one party we had (laughs) after it was Portugal the Man played here in the summertime, and like.
2: Oh. Another show, yeah. Yeah, but we were, you know.
1: And we had just moved into this house because. you know, last year. So it was like a couple months and we just had parties all the time and we just got real fucked up and sure. I'm all fucked up in this. He was dead. And someone has brought like maple syrup on me. I have a friend that works. Just uh, to like, you know, you fuck with your friends, you draw on them instead. I had a friend that worked in craft services
2: for, uh, for the film industry. And the earlier she had just dropped off a bunch of, um, like French toast, French toast toast sticks with maple syrup already on them. And, uh, one thing led to another, and my I found my arms just flipping the whole tray of French toast sticks <laughs> onto Harrison's uh, dead corpse and on the common. couch. And the maple syrup, <laughs> the maple syrup was on the couch for
1: <sighs> honestly that couch at least a month. Pulled through pretty well. There's like one spot that's kind of weird, but other than that, it's great. How'd
2: so. you get that out? Baking soda? I don't
1: even remember, dude. Vinegar? I don't remember.
2: All right, that was a, a big non sequitur, right? There. No, that was tight. <laughs>
1: we, uh, we're probably gonna do it again, July fourth, Fourth of July. We had a big old party. Yeah, we should make that a thing. We last year, so our house, <laughs> we have this big backyard. That's just this like open yard. It's really great because we live right by a church. We have no neighbors. And we had like a outside party, and like, dude, there's a fucking, there's like a hundred people that came there. It was a lot yeah. of people. We had like three or four bands play. And then dude, it rained. Then it rained. We moved the party inside, but it's like we had a big party and it was really fun. And we're probably gonna do it again. You going to so, play next year? Play? My, oh yeah, I do. yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, we should. Well, I'd like to make it thing. more of like a if the weather's nice, like an all day like. There's some bands playing. Come, just come in and out. Fuck you know yeah, what I dude. mean? So. Well, we said
2: it on the, on the air, so I on the internet. So I'm I guess down. what's we have happening now? We
1: because well, we've talked about like putting on more than just, I want to be more than just a band. Like, I want to have a venue space and like create more than just community. Yeah, and here's my band playing. And, like, it's like totally. We, you know, we, because yeah. like our house is set up where we like we can record, we recorded the record in our house, and like the basement set up is the practice zone, and like. You know, we we can do shows and do recordings there. and Mitch has done recordings with other bands. So it's like, eventually I would love to have a space where we could do that and house more of that for other creative people and people that just enjoy having a good time and you can take a load off, you know what I mean?
2: And whether we play good or bad, any sh- and we've done that in the past. We've had shows. they're not all out experiences, but any shows like the Fourth of July thing, like the um, I think of like the thing at Druva's house where our friends just showed up. and it was like, it was a bunch of CMU grad students. We were playing at their house, and then all of our friends that are at Pitt right now just showed up, like real rowdy, real rowdy, and got the thing going and bumped it up. And like that's where we play the best. And if we make a mistake, I never care about it if things are like going well like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 The uh, okay. I think that. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, while you're talking about that, that, you know, with Sykes kind of doing the same thing, too, where I feel like there are a lot of bands within Pittsburgh that we can play shows with, but there isn't like a bubble for us. And there's kind of like a weird like hole in the hip hop community in Pittsburgh now where it feels like nobody's like there aren't a whole lot of people just throwing rap shows. Like if they are, it's not like weirdo rap, like what we're doing. You know what I mean? It's like some other stuff, which is fine. But it's there's no pocket. There's no pocket for us to play in. So we're kind of just like, well, why don't we just create that little bubble you and then just to. work? That's what it has to be do our own thing And it. I mean, it's just it's so far it's working out okay. I mean, we've thrown a couple events uh, this year, and because uh, it kind of all started with we put out our new album in November. And since then, just kind of trying to build, play a lot more, do more things, well, I mean, blah, blah, blah. I, blah. Let,
1: me, let me ask you a couple questions. Okay. I'm going to flip the table around. Like okay. how, how long has Greywalker been around? Because I noticed you guys have like 12,000 likes on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like,
0: Greywalker has been a band since 2013. Mm-hmm. I
1: joined in 2015. And just in general, like, how do you find... Not only you as a person, but you as an artist, like envision yourself just as a regular person. Like, how do they discover new music and how do they fall in love with a new band that's not being told to, like from the radio perspective, like here's this new artist, national thing. Like, how do people find that new music? Not only am I asking as a band because I want to tap into that market, but as like a fan of music just in general, I want to know how to find new music. You know what I mean? I kind of find myself lost on both ends of that you know what i mean
0: nowadays it seems like the guys are really into like the spotify playlists yeah um just uh always going through just different metal playlists or other genres of music um that's the one cool thing about everybody in gray walkers everybody has a background in music outside of metal metal just happens to be the thing that we all are into Mm -hmm. and we're all a little bit older and we all came from a time frame of you know, being into alternative music in a time when the internet wasn't like super accessible. So you really had to like go out of your way to find like underground metal bands or rock bands. So we're just used to that. I think now moving forward, it's a lot different. I think for people that are like a generation or so underneath us that, you know, the only way they know about finding
1: music is through the internet. So, it's, it almost feels oversaturated though, because, like you said, everyone has a computer. I mean, iPhones come downloaded with GarageBand on them. Like, you can make music on your phone. Like, everyone well, has music out there. It's just a matter
0: of, like, you know, like, say, go back to Spotify playlists. I think it's just like all those playlists are curated by some human somewhere. I mean, I'm not talking about like there's ones that are definitely run by record labels yeah. and things yeah. like that, but there are some cool underground ones. And if you take the time to find those ones, then you might be able to find playlists on there. I know the guys are really into like watching uh some like YouTube guitar people and things like that that maybe you know do collaboration videos with people and bands or talk about bands so they hear people talking about things and then look it up and mm-hmm. go from there. Or just, you know, sometimes a band that you like is coming through town and they're on tour with three other bands and one of those bands happens to be fucking sick, so you check them out. Metal in general is a lot it's a. It's. I don't want to say it's an easy uh, genre of music to be in, but it feels a lot easier than any other genre of music I've played because heavy metal fans are really into being heavy metal fans, whereas like indie rock is not like. Oh, like, you know, like I'm just like, I'm real indie rock. But someone that's listening to metal will be like, I'm fucking metal. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's like a whole fucking thing. And they're really into buying merch, collecting albums, going to shows, being a part of the subculture that is metal versus indie rock, where it's like, merch is like, it's kind of a thing buying records some people were into collecting records some people like going to shows but it's not as feverish as heavy metal is so it's really easy to find fans in the heavy metal realm just because like that's uh, a demographic of people that are just so fucking ravenous for new music constantly Indie like rock
1: metal. tried to destroy the metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Jack Black said, I don't know what he said, but I like. I feel like you either love heavy metal or you don't. You know what I mean? Like I like heavy metal music too. So I, I feel contest like, to being. Uh, I I don't know.
2: No, I'm a, I I'm not heavy. I'm not heavy metal, but I enjoy it from yeah. like like yeah. from time to time. You know? Well, yeah, I but I
1: feel like the people that really true are fans are. How do I say this? Not outcast, but it's like, it's so different. It's not, it's different. You there's know a I lifestyle
2: mean? around heavy metal yeah. and there's not much, there's not
1: a huge lifestyle yeah, set it, around
2: indie rock. Yeah. it's just Indie
1: rock is, and everyone likes indie rock music, whether you know it or not, you yeah. like a song that's indie rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you either like that tone of that aggressive guitar and drums and vocals, or you don't, you know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. That, that's what makes it, it just makes it like easier to, um, just easier to like find meet people like even with playing shows out of town it's so much easier to like hit up a metal band from another city You'd be like yo we're a metal band and we're trying to come play a show and they're like sick yeah let's and do then it. like i'm like in you know i'm a weirdo hip-hop live band thing trying to play a show people were like i don't care yeah like i don't know what to do with you know i don't i don't know where to put put Mm you there's just no the community thing is like really disconnected whereas like metal is just very much like oh some some of it there don't get me wrong there's a lot of weird grumpy people in metal not everybody's fucking kind but it's you can find people that are really excited about new music too and to cycle
2: back to the hip-hop thing and like like you said the hip-hop community is kind of disconnected and like specifically here in Pittsburgh and I don't think it's done purposefully you know what I mean but there's like these different sects of rap and hip-hop music going on right now and like what I would really love to see is an event where there was more of a mix because there is crossover because you have like you have you guys and you have abstract theory and back alley sound and you're all doing your thing. And then you have like Clara Kent, Mars Jackson yeah. and all those cats and like Benji. And then you have like Norman Dean and PK delay and Hypet zebra and all these, like the SoundCloud rapper dudes who are yeah. putting up numbers on, on those respects. And I haven't seen too much crossover between those three groups of hip hop. And mm-hmm. like, that's what, Over the past three years, I I would love to see that because if you go to like any music festival, you're going to have something that's like Tyler the Creator, Anderson Pack, which is more like I would say it's not exactly what you and Back Alley Sound are doing, but more tailored to that. Sure. And you're also going to have Kendrick Lamar and ASAP Rocky. And like people like both those types of hip hop, but I don't see enough shows, I feel like, here. Where you're getting both of those, I think the the
0: reason why you're not seeing it is just because there isn't a promoter with the right head on their shoulders that works in those demographics Mm -hmm. to like understand how that works, or like even have the vision to put something like that together. And I'm not saying that that's what I'm interested in doing, but I'm kind of saying maybe that's what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes.
2: I, I'd come out to it 100%. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's it's a thing that's just gonna build. I think that sometimes it's real easy, and I'm sure you can relate to this, to have all of these ideas. And you have so many ideas that it becomes the option paralysis, and like you don't know what to fucking do, and yeah. then you end up doing nothing mm-hmm. just because I don't even know where to start. But Is there I think a term that,
2: for that. Am I, can I be diagnosed in that
1: illness <laughs> with, with option paralysis? I like totally, that. option paralysis. Yeah. That's, that's it, right here. <laughs> You've been diagnosed.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that. What has seemed to be working for me now is just making sure that, you know, every day I'm one step ahead, one step further on a project than I was a day before. Even if it's something simple, like it could be something huge, like, oh, cool, like I finished up a video project today. Or like, you know, I listened to a song that I was recording and I realized that one note was wrong. So I just kind of went in and punched in the note and then. It, it, it that's all i had time to do today at least i fixed that one little thing mm-hmm. and just move forward on that And i think the thing that bands get caught up in a lot is rehearsal and practicing the same songs like they they'll go for like you know five months of playing the same set without working on new material and that's it's like awesome. it's important awesome. to it's every band right, yeah. it's every fucking band i think it's important obviously to work on that material but maybe consider like Oh, you know, like we don't have a show for two weeks. Why don't we take a week off of practicing the set, work on new material, and then like maybe only practice the set when it's close to times mm-hmm. that you actually have shows coming up. And okay. then try to, I don't know, alternate, maybe do like an every other day practice day thing. I don't know. Find something that works for you. Sometimes people can get freaked out by like hard schedules, but I find that it, it works for me just to like, have a schedule set and be able to look back on the schedule and things that we did and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, we're, we have been working on this stuff every other day. Why, why don't we have a new song yet? I don't know. What are we doing wrong? And then address the problems. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and to flip things back, I mean, I have another question for you. I mean, you have all these balls in the air right now. Like, how do you, how do you manage it? I mean, you have Gray Walker, you have Sykes and the New Violence. I know you work with Get Hip, right? You yeah. Do a lot of their like promotion stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you're doing this podcast and you just started another podcast, right? The, the rap, the rap thing, the rap, don't you do a, or is it a segment on this podcast? The rap thing? Don't you have a podcast with rappers now? And it's like, uh, uh-uh. what am I thinking of? I'm not sure. What else do you do? I've seen, well, how do you? Anyways, we're uh, we're getting off topic. Yeah. But how do you balance
0: all this stuff? <sighs> what are man? you talking? I feel like what you're talking the heat, about sounds, heat it up or something. Heat? Oh, the start the heat yes, thing. Yes, yes, that was just the hot ones. Okay, the hot ones uh, parody. That was just like a one off thing. <laughs> okay, um, we did that. I did that originally as a promo video for the hot sauce that Greywalker made. Okay, and that Greywalker, you guys have a hot sauce? sauce. Yeah, we have a hot sauce.
1: Whew wing night's coming
0: up you know <laughs> <laughs> i got i got an extra i got an extra open bottle in the fridge you can take it with you Ooh. take it to the house
1: love me some sauce
0: yeah i have i have so much fucking hot sauce who in the made fridge, the hot so sauce allegheny city farms they are a local hot sauce company our guitar player evan went to high school with a dude that started the company okay sick. so it was cool and he's a fan of metal too uh he and uh yeah that was just like an idea that we had and evan was like i know a guy." And then a month later, we had a hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Any secret ingredients? There's no secret ingredients. It's a
2: secret you couldn't tell us, Pope. Um,
0: There's no secret ingredients. I mean, but I mean, like the main base of the hot sauce... Him, I'm just curious. The main base of the hot sauce is peaches.
1: I'm getting hungry now. Um, I didn't eat anything either today. <laughs>
0: but with uh, the main pepper in it is a it's a hybrid habanero ghost pepper.
1: Excuse me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so... It's tight. It's a good sauce. It's not super it's I mean it's it's hot but it's not like oh my god.
1: Yeah, that's the sauces I like, a little heat um, but a little fruit.
0: Yeah, but To answer your question about how everything gets done, it's just all I do. That's it. Um I mean there's some finer details of things, like I have I will only work on certain projects on certain days. Yeah um and i just really cut out as much bullshit from my life as possible but uh yeah there's a lot of things that i miss out on the thing that i always like to say is that i've never watched an episode of game of thrones in my life
1: i I was gonna say but i was like i guarantee you don't watch tv yeah
0: (laughs) not, not not a whole lot but enough like you know uh we've we me and my girlfriend stacy we watch like netflix and shit at night you, you know watched wind the umbrella down for academy a couple
2: of hours yet huh umbrella academy
0: i haven't watched it yet that's yeah the, that's, that's that's one good. that we do want to check out um but i mean there will be the days where like you know we're watching shit and i'm also kind of like if i if it's something where like i have a night of stuff that i can just kind of work on my laptop in the living room and kind of half pay attention i will do that like yeah. multitask but for the most part it's just like it's just i just just do stuff that's it <laughs> I have,
1: just do thing, have to, just yourself do yourself to do it. Things that I, just do it. Do you ever find yourself like forcing yourself? If I, or is it just like, to be honest with you, anytime I find myself, that if I have to
0: like force myself to do something, I will probably stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a, if it's a, say it's like something I'm working on a project for somebody, like uh some, like doing like a, like album artwork for somebody or like a printing shirts for somebody. That would be a good example. There was a, a time frame where I was helping people print shirts, and then it got to a point where it's like, I don't even fucking want to do this anymore. So I just stopped printing shirts for other people.
1: I mean, I just find <laughs> that's it. Like, I find struggle with trying to find the schedule that works for me based on like because there's times where I'm so passionate about wanting to do something and then it's like just not the time to do it like no one's around or like that no is the time to do it though available. and I feel that too. you know what I mean you, and then there's like, oh, it's like it's the time to do it I'm like I just want to go to fucking bed like you know what I mean if you want
0: to go to bed go to bed
2: they say I that about songwriting to too though it's to like the if you get that idea for a song like and I do this all the time I'll get an idea and I'll put it in my notes and I'll come back to it later but everyone says like once you get that idea stop everything you're doing you know if you're tired whatever fight through it because like that spark of inspiration isn't going to come again maybe it will but like those are rare occasions i
0: remember a time when i i had been up all day and i was really really like tired and i was just like man i gotta go to bed but i just had this like thing in my head it was and i was like man like i have this idea for like this shirt design i'll work on it tomorrow it's like no like just get up and just just fucking do it i remember I, I i got out of bed i put together the whole fucking shirt design made like a little like mock-up of it put it online in the morning and sold like 200 worth of shirts the next day wow. pre-order wow yeah just because I, I had to, I like this to... idea and it was like a, a cool idea i guess and like it resonated with people and i'm fucking like selling 20 shirts the next day It's like fuck i wish that happened like, Every week, even great? one of
2: our even one of our favorite songs. It was the one where we were like, we take forever to write songs because we all write lyrics and we and we argue a lot. But mm-hmm. like one of our favorite songs is one. It's like I was like Harrison, come over. We're writing
1: the song, and it, it just happened just in like thirty minutes, and us, you know, yeah, it just was like boom, that was it. Um, I forget what I was going to say. Okay, I'm sorry. Great song. Great song. Oh, you know that saying that it's like you have a gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I've oh God, you better trust your gut. Like when oh, that totally. when you get that gut feeling, do it. <laughs> Always, because as soon as you doubt it and you miss that chance, you already missed it. Like, yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Once you get that feeling in your gut, that's it.
2: Hop on or hop on. Mitch, off, you mentioned you know. <laughs> that you listen
0: to, you're a Joe Rogan fan. Did you yeah. listen to the David Lee Roth episode? I listened to part of it. So, okay, I I listen
2: to Joe Rogan either when I'm at the gym or before I go to sleep. Yeah. So, I catch like part episode. David Lee Roth was on this the, week. The, 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 the game? He's a eccentric man. My God. Yeah. Why, why do you ask that? Well,
0: because there's a part in that where they talk about how they wrote Running with the Devil in like 15 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Like basically, they just had this idea for a riff, wrote down the lyrics, and it was just there. Yeah. It's like fucking That's so sick I didn't get to Probably that Probably slightly I, exaggerated But still sick Like they, I believe
2: it I got to like the point Where David Lee Roth Is talking about like Oh now they have Sammy Hagar And listen to him Like all his lyrics Are full of love And like listen to all my songs It's a uh, Running with the devil you <laughs> yeah. Know? And, like, yeah
0: Yeah That It's a wild episode I just I listen to it at work And it's They're very long man Yeah It's a good way to make the day pass Yeah but speaking of long, we're wrapping up here wow. on the end of our episode here. We're a little over Wait, an look hour. We'll get the
1: time. We'll get the time, go.
0: <laughs> so, I um I don't really have any closing remarks or anything. I know that this episode's going up on March 25th and I already did you the favor of letting you know that your next gig is April 10th at the Smiling Moose, supposedly. Yes, we, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, After you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Thanks. I future. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Because
2: it
0: is 10. March 25th now. Yes. <laughs> Technically, if anybody's listening to this. Time travelers. So awesome. people can catch you April 10th at The Smiling Moose. We're opening for The Last Bison.
2: Cool. Playing pretty. with The Living Street, also Pittsburgh band. Uh, worked with our um, our engineer, Jake Hanner. So it'll be a good time.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And where can people find incognito mode? Everywhere, Everywhere. Spotify,
2: Spotify, Apple
1: Music, Deezer, Title, Deezer, SoundCloud, louder. It was included in our (laughs) yeah, yeah. it's everywhere. Come over to our house; I'll play it for you. You know, (laughs) I'll sing you the songs. Physical copies soon? Question mark? Maybe. Mm. We're working on them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, it's so you don't need. I feel like physical copies aren't really necessary for people today i mean yeah they're cool to have but no one's i mean i have bought it, cds and never listened to them
0: yeah it I, th- I think that goes back into the genre of music too like with indie rock is just like i feel like either you have like some limited edition cool looking record yeah mm-hmm. or nothing like well do well, you guys do well with t-shirts well we we, tr- we, we sold out shows, we first do run, yeah our yeah. first batch
1: we did because i mean they're only 10 bucks like yeah buy a t-shirt you know <laughs> people that people that or, like, trying to pay, do 15, 20, 25 dollars for a t shirt for just some, like, I'm like, dude, come on. Like, no, dude, you could you're you just could, trying you, to wax people on. Like, like what's I'd wrong rather with that? you wear my shirt and listen to my music, and I don't have any money. I, you know what I mean? You I'd could rather sell, you actually be a fan. You
0: could sell your shirts for
1: 15. You think so? Yeah. Well, they're only 10, so <laughs> get them for 10 bucks. <laughs> hey, you know, 15 uh, is not bad either. Very, Once you
0: get
2: into 25, depending on oh, how, how much the yeah, cost that's, of production that's is, it's silly. Too. That's silly. You know. I think
0: I think 15 is a good base price for shirts. I I bumped all the prices of my merch up from from 10 to 15 about a year ago and there was no there was no dip. And I feel like for the most part it's people that are like either friends or air quote fans that yeah. are happy to come out and they're just happy to support yeah and like that extra five bucks adds up a lot especially if you're trying to you know save up for a video or a recording or a van or this and that and i think that's the thing too that a lot of people understand that that money is going into to help fund the bigger picture well here is the deal they
2: are 15 dollars on our website plus shipping but if you come to a show they're only 10 bucks
0: all right gotta come that's, to the that's, show that's the hey. catch
2: 22 there
0: well I think the thing that is beautiful about being a human being is you know you can make your own decisions and do things however you want to do it amen totally before, So before I'm gonna, we get
1: into
2: the free will debate we should uh, wrap up yeah <laughs>
0: <there>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, I'll do my outro and all that stuff afterwards so that's it anything you want to add there Sam alright cool then we're done thanks for coming over guys thanks (laughs) for having us appreciate it tight and uh done